And hey, welcome everybody once again to episode, I think this is five of the History of Podcast with yeah. your hosts Gian and Clint. Ep- uh, episode yeah. five, uh, David Bowie part two. Um, we covered a lot of uh, David Bowie's early, early career up until the, uh, uh, I guess, early 1970s. Hell yeah, baby. Um, early part one. The, early in the, yeah, early in the 70s. We're not... We, uh, we touched a little bit on Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, mm-hmm. where they are, uh, you know, David's uh, highest-selling album. We wanted to give homage to, of course, Hunky Dory, the oh, album that yeah. paved the way. Shout out, Hunky Absolutely. Dory. Absolutely. Shout Great out to album. Hunky Dory, you know, the album where he was featured on it as a woman, and, you know, was like, hey, it's cool to be gay. It's all right, you know? So if you're gay, this one's for you guys. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. Stay uh, stay golden. Stay golden. Don't listen to anybody else except David Bowie. Yep, absolutely. Hell but, yeah, well, let's just comment real quick. What yeah. a sweet guy. Just what a sweetheart. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of research, and yeah. our hearts, I think our hearts are melted. We're all in the right place. Um, How rude of me. We're joined this week by Miss Adrian. Adrian, thank you so much for being on the cast. Hal Dorns. Hal Dorns. Great to have you on here, as per usual. Adrian, this Thank is you. your, what, third episode you're going to oh, be on? sorry, that's an alarm. How rude. Thanks for turning it off. God damn. Awful Fun. time. Gotta, re- gotta, re- gotta restart. All right, restarting. It's Three, eight, two, one. No, that's all right. Yeah, uh, it's a beautiful Saturday evening, um, and I'm ready to do David Bowie Part 2. Are we Are we, uh, are we ready to start, Clint, my friend? Yeah. This is uh, Gion and Clinty Clanson coming at you kind of live. Hell yeah. Let's uh, jump right into David Bowie Part 2. Yeah, dude, let's get a history of. Hope you guys enjoy. Woo! This is the History of Podcast. That means it looks like a dick. The history you always wanted to know, but never had the guts to ask. Did you know fidget spinners were a satanic object? No, I didn't. <laughs> that was the original celebrity death match. Yeah. <laughs> and there was mosh pits, and I got kicked in the face. And I, I, I uh, well, first I was laughing at Rich because he got kicked in the face, and then I turn around and then I get kicked in the face. Oh, it's not so funny but when we, you get kicked. Yeah, yeah. We kept climbing up on the stage and then jumping into the crowd and crowd surfing. It was fucking wild. It's like it's it's almost like a David Bowie concert. It's not like enough glitter there. There's not no, enough, there's like no, oh my God, dudes no with like glitter. bright red hair floating around because he had a lot more followers. Glitter. A lot of dudes dressed in thin white Duke shirts, you know, some fucking real weirdos. I would throwing dust like, in your face. I would do thin, thin white Duke. Actually, Every, I don't know about the. Hair. If you got kicked in the face, you'd be fucking glittered with fucking glitter all over your body, dude. Because <laughs> yeah. fucking got everybody's covered in glitter. There's fucking concerts at that man. Anyways, well, right, well, this is part two of the history uh, of David Bowie. Let's hop in. Let's get it, ma. Dive in. Mm-hmm. All right, so um. Even though you didn't tell us, I assume you are recording right now. Yeah, we're getting we're live up in this bitch. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we live. We live, Clinty Clamson. So let's uh, let's hop right in. Welcome, guys. We're doing part two of David Bowie. So as we finished up, uh, we were talking about Ziggy Stardust, uh, yeah. concluding our last uh, part one. Um, right now, I think it's about like early nineteen seventies Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, we're um, where are we right now? We're uh. We're 73, 74. We're yep. well after 72 of Hunky Dory. We're, way at, we're right after Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. You know, I think, are we are we moving into um, his... Or do we want to touch on 73, Aladdin Sane? Did we touch on that? I believe we, we went over yeah, last um, episode. Um, 
I was, didn't look anything up on that. Do you have any information? Yeah, on that? absolutely. It was uh, Ziggy Stardust goes to America. Aladdin Sane mm-hmm. is um, that picture. I, I think the most famous picture of David Bowie. It's with the lightning bolt across mm-hmm. his face. I I think we did go over this. It's described as uh, Ziggy goes does America. You know, mm-hmm. Ziggy Ziggy does America, baby. Um, which is yeah. How do you pronounce it? Aladdin. Aladdin. Aladdin Sane. Oh. Aladdin Sane. Oh. Yeah. I remember what you explained the name means. Yeah, a- yeah, age, go into it. Do you remember what Aladdin Sane means? Go for it, dude. It you know. translates to literally a lad, like a man who's insane. Because, yeah, Aladdin. absolutely. Oh, he how creative. It. It what was a very, good guy. Yeah, dude, he's very creative, dude. It was yeah. inspired because, um, you know, it had it had hits like Driving Saturday. I don't listen to Gene Genie. It's not my favorite, but hey, to each his own. It was inspired by his brother who had schizophrenia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lad insane. A lad insane. A lad, yeah. Um, And, you know, again, it's his Bowie's love of uh, immersing into his characters. Is that also him saying that he thinks that Americans are insane because he goes to America and gets Um, crazy? I don't... I think the craziness... I think L.A., he he curses L.A. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. He hates L.A. He despises L.A. And Uh, likes New York. And uh, he liked New York, but, um, you know, I don't know. I I don't think it was literally him saying Americans are insane. I think his insanity was caused he dedicates to pure cocaine. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that, comes up, that comes up a lot, too. His insane cocaine binges, that man who loved cocaine. Yeah. But, um, you know, after, the, you know, Z- you know, Ziggy Stardust and Aladdin Sane were super theatrical personas that he mm-hmm. created, that he loved to be, because that he couldn't be David Bowie on stage no, at the time. No, he he was weird and embarrassed on stage. Yeah, like like you were just saying, um, he, there's a quote of his. I'm not sure if I have it written down, but he says basically like, David Bowie was just boring. Yes, like, was just boring and just Aww. out of touch. And when he's Ziggy Stardust or Aladdin Sane or the the Thin White Duke, he's, Ooh, yeah. he's not boring. You know, he can, he can be he can be anything he wants on stage. He's he's a he's a performer at heart. Aww, but what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Aww. just what that's just what he did, and it was it was his creative mind being exactly that, and he just yeah. wanted to yeah. stretch that out into the world and see what he could get back. And and like we had said at the end of our first part one, um, he gets bored of the personas. He does. He does. Um, uh, I think. I, I think he, if he were quoted on it, he would say, you know, I wanted to switch it up. He never, I never, I don't think he ever gave a reason to his different personas and why he kept reinventing himself, but it transitioned into his music as well. Yeah. Where, yeah. where he reinvented his own music, where he was like, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to mm-hmm. utilize synth more, more recently. I'm yeah. going to switch yeah. from doing folk and blues stuff to doing more heavy rock and poppy stuff, you know? And it eventually becomes like... It, I don't know. We'll see his transition from album to album, from character to character. I think, um, I think Ziggy and uh, Aladdin Saint. Ziggy obviously was a little bit more exciting, a little bit more with it, a little bit more fun of an album than Aladdin Saint. But Aladdin Saint still had a lot of his Ziggy Stardust qualities in him. Um, yeah, and that was w- uh, Ziggy Goes to America, basically. Yes, nineteen seventy-three. Correct. Um, so let's let's hop right hop mm-hmm. right into it. So you have Ziggy Stardust and then Aladdin Saint. And then 1974 to 1976, he creates the persona, the Thin White Duke. Yes. This one's interesting. Yo, wh- uh, weird, weird fact. This is my uh, mom and aunt's favorite, like, version of David Bowie. Really? <laughs> yeah, it led me to, like, bo- like I love 
The, I mean, there's some killer jams that come out of this David mm-hmm. Bowie. This is oh, 74 absolutely. to like uh, 76, mm-hmm. 74 to 7. I don't know. I, I, it just makes me feel like my mom doing, it makes me think of my mom doing what, cocaine. Nice I just, you think? Yeah, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about my mom being Damn. I don't want to think about my mom being Damn, I can't cool. even. I can't even imagine like my parents being alive in like 1974, 1976. <laughs> like what were they like? That's, like, wild thinking about that. Yeah, it's bizarre. Like, I know when, what I was like when I was a teenager. I was fucking awful. I can't even think about my parents. I have no idea. I don't, wanna, I don't even want to bother because they're weird. not as cool now. It was a wild time. No technology. Just yeah. You could totally drive drunk. Totally. <laughs> yeah, they just gave you, like, oh, you're drinking now. Slap on the wrist. Yeah, for some how reason, that cop's Irish. I don't know. How many did you have? <laughs> you're drinking now, boy. How many did you have? Six? Alright. You're lucky in that double digits, asshole. Get out of here. (laughs) Wow. That sounds fun as shit. Or you get a high five from the officer because you'd be fucking buddies with him, you know? Yeah. Anyways. Because he's wasted as well. Yeah, he's probably drunk as well. Goddamn drunk. I I don't want to bring this into it, but I feel like if if you were a white kid, I feel like that would be a lot different. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like in the 1970s, if you were white, you got away with murder. (laughs) But in the 1970s, and you were not white? Yeah. Oh, man. It's applicable. Weird era. Weird era, yeah. A lot of acid, too, you know? Yeah, yeah, all right. uh, All right, but anyways, anyways, let's get on to it. Let's get back into the Thin White Duke. All right, so Thin White Duke, 1974 to 1976. After moving on from Ziggy Stardust, he would begin an intense descent into hard drugs, which had a great impact on his sound and the new music he was producing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, I mean, he's changing it up, you know. Probably not the best way to go about about it, but, I I mean, what rock star hasn't gone in an intense... That's rock and roll, baby. That's That's just the name of the game. This ultimately led him into severe debilitation, paranoia, and emotional problems. Totally, man. Because he's been doing so much drugs. Uh, Bowie traveled around the U.S. from June... To December of 1974, promoting his album Diamond Dogs, yeah. which was lavishly filled with theatrical stage acts. Uh, this sparked, actually, I want to just point out, this sparked the stray from the typical rock style concerts to create creativity fueled theatrical performances that we still see today. Yeah. Awesome. So thinking, like looking back, like uh, I don't know, Beyonce comes out and does this lavish, like crazy dance routine yes. and sings all of her songs. That that. That always that, that that was never a thing up until David Bowie started doing exactly. it. He exactly, he has the personas, he has the costumes, he has the the, the lights, yeah. the music, and he and he and he he was a performer at yeah. heart. So he started this. Yes, it's wild. It's wild. Didn't he say on the documentary that he was the first artist ever to bring computers into his shows? Yes, I think we're going to get into that. I think that's more into the eighties, the early eighties. He brought yeah. computers around, but there, oh. I, I we will cover. Uh, I think a little bit of the, his electronic phase. Mm-hmm. A little Bowie net action because okay. he was very involved yeah, in that. Bowie net's um, so cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I know a couple things. I, Diamond Dog's album is very freaky, very weird, very spooky. Mm-hmm. It's freaky, yeah. It's more like funky kind of stuff, and it does have a lot of theatricals. The cover art is actually done by um, his, his buddy, his buddy who we mentioned uh, Under, in the first Underwood. one. Yes. Uh, Underwood. Underwood, who uh, did was the artist. He did the cover art for Diamond Dogs, where Bowie's on it as like a half a dog with kind of that like uh, mullet looking action. He looks like an animal. Yeah, What's Adrian, it 
Diamond Dogs, if you've never uh, seen it. It's yeah. filled with a lot of post-dystopia, evil, apocalyptic kind of stuff. This was... Um, See, he really liked that. He liked that stuff. Yes, um, yeah. It was, uh, I think, George Orwell that wrote uh, a Animal Farm. Um, and, yes, and, and 1984. And 1984, yeah, which man. was all the, po- uh, the dystopian... Uh, like the, the, the that was the, the main dystopian stories of the time. Yes, yes. Yeah. So he was all about that. He loved it. This was um, oh. again. This is you were talking about his paranoia and all this crazy stuff. Um, I know how obsessed he became with the occult and uh, Aleister Crowley and things mm-hmm. like that. He and like uh, he he had a weird obsession. I think we meant it, went into this a little bit with Jimmy Page because Jimmy Page was also studying the occult of uh, Aleister Crowley. And, and things like that. But, um, yeah, he was really inspired by George Orwell's 1984 and Diamond Dogs. And this was, like, real fuck... This is real wacky shit. Um, I don't know. Go, go in on it. Go in on it, Clint. So, Adrian, um, what do you think of it? Do you checking out them, them doggies? I am looking at it for the first time. I guess it was one of those oh, co- album covers from back in the day where, like, that's the front cover. He just looks like a normal dude laying like, and naked cover. And on the couch. Yeah. yeah, kind of sexy. But you don't see like the he's peen. So you just see up to like his ribs. But then the back cover oh, a is a dog's body. Oh, that's weird. As and shit. it says the strangest living curiosities. And then there's two women in the back. What are they? They're uh, they're monsters. They're uh, they're also dog monsters. They're I believe demons from hell. Like here mm-hmm. to. F your shit. That up. that makes me think of the the caption "Strangest Living Curiosities." Makes me think of like the freak show. Yeah, at, like in a circus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder David if that's Bowie. kind of what he's going for. I'm going for. So freaky. David David Bowie's on the front cover the of the freak show. That's ending. probably what he thought about himself. Yep. Satan is yep. coming. Yeah. Wow, weird. Um, it's cool. He was always into that stuff. He was into UFOs early on. Hunky Dory. He has a song called "Oh You Pretty Things." Um, and it's weird if you listen to the lyrics. It's a very catchy th- song, but it's like. Oh, you pretty yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, your mom, you're driving your mom and dad insane. Gotta give it up to the mother superior. And he's like insinuating, like, he's talking about aliens in the song the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's a very weird song. Cool. But uh, yeah, it's very, it's really interesting. But wow. you, I don't know, it's the same David Bowie because it's got, uh, I don't listen to Diamond Dogs, but everybody knows Rebel Rebel, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a very popular one. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, con- <laughs> continuing on, yeah. Um, during the same time period, uh, while he was on tour doing doing this, uh, 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 start, he basically started this whole this this, this whole rock experience. It yeah. wasn't a concert anymore. Now it was a, it was a theater. It was a performance. So during the same time, he recorded an album album called David Live, which he would later comment that the album should have been titled, and I quote. David Bowie is alive and well and only living in theory. Because he was just doing so much coke that he was alive and well but only really alive just in in our thoughts. Oh my god. So how much coke was he doing that it was actually like like it was affecting like his the way he thought about things. It was wild. Yeah. Wild. Um he was doing coke all goddamn day. So this is um during his coke binge, I believe, through uh, a decent amount of the 70s and this thin white Duke phase, if you see pictures of him, he's horrifyingly thin. He wa- looks yeah. like he weighs 80 pounds. He's 80-pound David Bowie. Um, Jeez. And he could still... He was still slamming, but this is the time when he was just smoking cigarettes, blowing coke, eating mm-hmm. peppers, and drinking milk. 
Um, I believe this diet kind of was inspired because he was doing so much coke, he wasn't hungry, he was never eating, and his manager was like, hey, you gotta put something on you. And it's the 70s, so like, doctors don't really know that much yet. <laughs> so they're like, eh, drink some milk, it'll be fine. Drink, drink some milk and eat a pepper. <laughs> drink, drink some milk, it'll be fine. I don't know how healthcare works in, 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 in English. English. I don't know. Well, I guess, he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's a mess at this point, but he is super skinny and looks, in, I don't know, he looks unhealthy. So he started like uh, experiencing like a dramatic shift in music now because of all the cocaine he was doing. Mm-hmm. So many of his later songs would continue to land on the UK and US top 10 hits list, but now he started to like alienate a lot of his like hardcore UK fans because his music was rapidly changing with his personas. Right. Um, just like a little a little fun fun fact. Um, just so, uh, like, like uh, compared to, like, in the beginning, he did, he did, like, Space Oddity. Right. And now he's coming out with, like, fame, Young Americans, and, like, Golden Years, and that's, like, a lot... That's very different than, like, Space Oddity. Yeah. With, they're... like, the acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and, like, some electric guitar and drums, but now fame is, like, fame! What you want? What you get? Get it tomorrow? <laughs> I don't even know, like, the, but you, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. He bam, got, he got poppy. Yeah. He like, got poppy. He kind of... He got really poppy, yeah. Essentially, I mean, we call it today... I think doing selling out because we're a little more hard. I think mm-hmm. we're a little more unforgiving. Oh, really? But did did he sell out if he was the first one to do it? No, he was. I, I mean, think he no. like invented the whole style. He yeah. did like, essentially invent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I saw on the I saw on the documentary that um, so people fans had issues going to his concerts because one persona would be popular one year. And then he would do a tour, but then that tour would be his new persona. So oh, everybody no. would call, and it, this was before technology. So and people people couldn't like text people like, "Hey, you know, I'm going dressed up as a Zig. this mm-hmm. motherfucker. What are you doing? Oh, and I'm so, dressing up as a woman." <laughs> and and even the interviewer was like, "Don't you?" She was basically like, "Don't you feel like a loser because you're wearing the old?" Yeah. style and no. you're not in with the new style did you get made fun of on like the trolley and he, the tro- he was, the trolley? He was yeah. like basically like yeah I feel like a huge piece of shit oh my god so p- fans were sort of confused because they couldn't keep up with his consistently frequent change of of characters, everything. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't. It, we they didn't have uh, phones. Uh, they didn't have iPhones or anything back then, so it was hard to keep up. You're right, and um, you show you up would, dressed as the old, but he's repping the new. And he's you switching look like all over the place. <laughs> it was huge for the fashion industry because they. I mean, oh, they yeah. they oh, were yeah. like that is that is yeah. pure. That's money did, right there, baby. He did gold for the fashion. But industry, I mean, I kids are dressing up like a lot insane. He's doing the thin white Duke right now. He doesn't even know where he's at at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but that meant so much to them right it did so moving on we had just uh spoken about um now his style of music is changing with his personas we, we spoke about young americans um so the album itself young americans was actually recorded in philadelphia and it yielded bowie's first number one hit in the united states with the song fame which was co-written with john lennon who contributed backing vocals so lennon loved bowie's work and he also called it Rock and roll with lipstick on. Oh. So he said, he said, I don't know, English accent, so he said, Rock and roll with lipstick on. Yeah, he said, Rock and roll with lipstick on. He said, said, I, I, mate, it's great. 
me. But it's rock and roll with lipstick on. So I considered that like that was kind of a dick thing. That to is say. a total. Well, fun fact about John Lennon, he was a total dick in real life. So yeah, so that, real piece of work. But it, it turns out they were actually friends. So yeah. I got I got a yeah. fun fun fact here. It might Ooh. might pluck your heartstrings a little bit. What do they so, have like sixty? Orgies together or something <laughs> crazy? Or they just, Maybe. Did they also fuck each other? Maybe. I believe. I don't know. So, Bowie and John Lennon were good friends. On a tour in 1983, Bowie tells a story about when they were at an Asian market in Hong Kong. So David Bowie actually sits down on the stage, and there's a video of him in 1983 sitting down on the stage and just sitting on the microphone and talking like real quiet. And he's like, "Yeah, I had a friend. His name was John Lennon, and just I, I can't do English accents, but." Basically, he tells this story about how they went to an Asian market in Hong Kong where they stumbled upon an old Beatles jacket. Because by then, 1983, the Beatles were everywhere. Like, yeah. They were huge. They started, what, in like the early 60s? What were like the, 50s, what the Beatles? The, what's her? Yeah, what were they? Yeah, 60s? Like started, the 70s. I think it was the late 50s. Were I think they did nine years. What did they do, nine years? Late 50s, and yeah. then they dominated the 60s. Oh, and then absolutely. And they broke up, I believe, don't quote me, 1969. Yeah. Wow. So, but John Lennon yeah. continued... To yeah, solo they all they all continue their own solo yeah, careers, yeah. in different directions. Um, so they stumble upon this Beatles jacket, and Bowie asked John Lennon, and Bowie even says like, because he loved keeping up with personas. Yeah, like, he wanted like twenty four hours a day. He was a persona, and yeah. he even says that's how he dressed. You can that's see how he dressed. Yeah, he that's dressed. how he acted. Yeah, he needed. He had a persona. Yeah, and he even said during when he's telling the story, he said, "This was out of my character," but I asked him to put on the jacket. Well, and I wanted to take a picture with him with it on. And he says, I, I still have the picture to this day. And it's really like you can tell that like he you know, he's a, he's an emotional yeah. guy. He's he's really hard to He's a about sensitive this. boy. And he takes this picture of him wearing the jacket that didn't that didn't fit him properly, but it was still like a really cool cool you know, cool thing yeah. to have. Little did he know that this was the last time he was gonna see him. Holy shit. Because John Lennon was shot outside his New York City apartment and died on December eighth, nineteen eighty. Yeah. So very recently afterward, three years later, on the anniversary of his death, Bowie would sit on stage and tell this story and then play Imagine as a tribute to his deceased friend. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, just a little just look into the little look into the Bowie and John Lennon's eyes. Wow, that's amazing. Kind of. Yeah, I thought that was fun. I uh, when I read it, it wasn't as like emotional. But when I saw David Bowie actually talk about this at a concert in tribute to that date three that, years that after touched, yeah. the same, like literally three year anniversary of John Lennon getting shot. That's sad, man. It is kind of sad. That is yeah, very so. sad. Another fun fact, after the release of this album in 1975 of um, uh, Young Americans, after the release of this album in 1975, oh, yeah. Bowie was one of the first white artists to be featured on the U.S. variety show Soul Train. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, one of the first. Damn. Where he, he performed Wait, Fame as well as Golden Years. Nice. Yeah, and he, he like, lip, lip-synced the entire thing. It was, like, a studio nice. version, and he just sat there, and he just jammed down on the mic. That's and awesome. Then, he probably loved that shit. He probably was fucking throwing oh, he was having a great, but he, everywhere. He looked fucked up, though. If you watch the video, it's I bet. YouTube. He was probably blowing so much coke yeah. while he was fucking dancing up he on didn't stage. Look, he didn't look right. He his microphone. He was just fucking <laughs> pushing and punching <laughs> it into his face all day. Um, so yet another fun fact, 
Golden Years was originally offered to Elvis Presley, who declined it. So somebody had already wow, really and offered it to Elvis. I guess what, like early fifties, because Elvis was fifty-five back then. I think mm-hmm. wow, nineteen fifty-five when Elvis was really big. Elvis, Elvis. <laughs> pop, pop, pop swing or oh, I don't know too he much about ins- Elvis. He was an inspiration for Elvis. the Beatles. Yeah, he was. He was the inspiration for the Beatles, which mm-hmm. is wild. Yeah. Wow. Um, and also, uh, he met Forrest Gump too. Oh really? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> the real one or Tom well, you know, Tom Hanks you know how uh, you know how uh, Elvis Presley was known for that like hit hit the yeah. shaking mm-hmm. hips yeah. well he learned that from Forrest Gump when Forrest Gump was in his uh, leg leg get the fuck braces. out of here. yeah no way <laughs> you gotta you gotta watch the documentary with um was Forrest Gump with, a real guy <laughs> I was gonna say is that a real fucking story is this dude? it is this it <laughs> <laughs> No, Forrest Gump was a movie. <laughs> I think it was Spielberg that directed Forrest Gump. Don't, yeah, don't dude, I know Forrest Gump was a movie. Yeah, but it's, it's one of those it's one of those little Easter eggs in the movie Forrest Gump that he meets Elvis Presley and Elvis Presley gets his dance moves because Forrest Gump is in his stilts and he can't dance properly, but he does like the ain't nothing but a hound dog that thing because he can't because he can't walk. Yeah, sorry, I thought I thought you guys would catch that. One. I like that dude. Right. No, I used to be met Tom Hanks as a baby with a real Forrest Gump. Shows what oh, I so know. Oh, so you knew the whole time. Shows what I know. No, I, I have no idea if that actually happened or not. But. Fact. Jeez, I don't know. We'll fact, see. not fact. fiction. <laughs> well, moving on. All right, so the album uh, Station to Station, uh, released in 1976 would now introduce an entirely new Bowie persona named the Thin White Duke. Word. So we already started talking about Thin White Duke a little bit, but now it's like, this is this is where he's This is his now. album. This is his album. Yo, this is his album. I love this album. Um, I, I, I really I really do like this album. Yeah. Um, it's got a bunch of hit songs on it. Yeah, uh, Word on a Wing is my favorite song. I actually used to wake up to it mm-hmm. as my alarm. Oh, yeah. For I used, a, yeah. a real long time. Mm-hmm. It's a six-minute song. You never really got to the good part. And it would always just wake me up with like, Done! Dun, 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 dun. So it got real annoying, and I think Adrian was ready to kill me. Yeah. Um, well, it just ruined a beautiful song. Yeah, because to hear it every morning. What wakes yeah. you up in the morning on a weekday? Oh, you fucking hate it after Oof. a while. Oh, my God. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Because I bet if you listen to it right now, you'd probably be like, oh, I gotta go to work. I It or, puts a little depression yeah, into my systems, yeah, naturally. Yeah, <laughs> Not David, just, you know, work. Oh, God, killer album. Um, but anyways, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm gonna continue. The, uh, so the Thin White Duke persona was visually based on the character Thomas Jerome Newton, whom he played in the movie The Man Who Fell to Earth that same year. So he was a, he was a singer, a, a mime... <laughs> Uh, and also an actor at the same time, so he's also doing movies too. I so the man who fell to Earth, nineteen seventy six. Uh, this is what he based his persona visually off of. So uh, the man who fell to Earth was about a uh, an extraterrestrial. Oh, um, totally up his alley. Yeah, yeah, totally up his alley. Totally something he would relate to. Absolutely. So that's where he kind of got that. Yeah. Uh, got that thing from. Fun, fun, weird fact about the miming thing. I he learned to mime from Lindsey Kemp, right? But uh, weird thing that we learned today: Lindsey Kemp would always mime while on acid. He would oh. always be miming, but tripping balls, which like. I mean, the woman on TV said, like, oh, I find it very difficult to mime, let alone on acid. And it's like, 
Nah, I don't probably, see that. It's probably so much easier. easier yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so much easier. Yeah, that's all I got though. That was my. Uh, that's so interesting. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Okay, all right. How wild is that? Wow. Yeah. But uh, anyways, I'm sorry. The man who fell to earth, right? Mm-hmm. So. So remember earlier when we said after Ziggy Stardust, Bowie was beginning to a descent in a lifestyle of hardcore drugs. Yeah, remember I know. Remember when we he, said that? Yeah. Well, this is now becoming apparent to the public. Because he's been kind of, like, closeted, like, cocaine, like, closeted, like, drug addict. Yeah, he's... Now he's taking interviews. Railing coke. Yeah. Constantly. He... The interview we saw him in earlier, uh, he was n- totally incoherent. Mm-hmm. He was a mess. Uh, he was real messed up, but I... I mean, I don't know. Continue. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. So he does, he does an interview with a guy by the name of Russell Hardy of London Weekend Television Talk Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, interviewed David Bowie in 1975. So shortly before the interview was to commence, the Spanish dictator Francisco Franco died. So Bowie was asked to reschedule the interview so the Spanish government could use the same means to air a live news feed of the event, which was over satellite link. Yeah. So it could go all over, I guess, all over Europe. All yeah, over the so world. they could only have one one show going at this yeah, time. Bowie's so they, interview yeah. or like, hey... One of our leaders have died. Abs- yeah, right? absolutely. And yeah. it was it was probably probably a very large network that he was going to do this. Yeah, interview. Absolutely. so they wanted to take all the network time. Yeah, because that's a big that's a big it's deal, a big especially story. in it's Europe. Important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Bowie refused to reschedule the interview, <laughs> and when was said actually he probably should have rescheduled it because in the interview he was said to be incoherent and seemingly disconnected. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. saw him real fucked up in the one interview. It's probably the, the same him interview. A question. He was like. I, I don't know if it was, but I, I think I told you about it earlier where he's like, I don't understand how the two things correlate. Mm-hmm. And it was a simple question like, you say you're a better performer and you're coming back to perform here, what's the deal with that? And he's like, I don't understand how do the two correlate. And uh, I mean, that's the, that's, the whole, that's the whole spiel, but he's not with it. Yeah, And he yeah. keeps kind of like looking away and losing focus mm-hmm. in the very simple questions he's and asking. After, and after seeing him on like in his later life, of even being like an like an old man, yeah. and doing interviews, and he was in the movie Zoolander. I don't know if you remember. that. I, yeah, great cameo. He's uh, right. he's sharp. Yeah, like he's mentally sharp. Now it, back when he got, I think got if he got off cocaine. Well, yeah, I think he did get off cocaine because eventually he got in trouble. But um, fun fact about Station to Station, the album, uh, it's it's beautiful album was recorded in ten days. I don't know if you guys know a lot about music. That's usually unheard very of. Short, very, very short. Very short. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, it was recorded, I believe, in uh, in L.A. I'm sorry. Hang on. Do you Real know a lot about music? You threw some shade there. Me? Do I know a lot of a, a lot about music? I thought I felt oh, a little fucked up. Oh man! <laughs> Did you guys? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, we're just no, dragging you through. No, the guys. Uh, I I'm, It's like it's because you're. It's your brains are smaller than mine. Sorry, I'm a motherfucking genius, y'all. I'm fucking brilliant. Damn. My fucking. Uh, you ever seen? You ever seen me play the monolin? You ever hear the recorder? No, we talked about the monolin. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Did you play the monolin? Yeah. I, <laughs> so okay, I'm sorry. Station <laughs> now. I did. Change I played subject. the monolin briefly, very briefly. Mm. I don't want to get into it because yeah. I was six. But um, anyways, Bowie's album Station to Station was recorded in 75 in L.A. In 10 days, unheard of, super quick. Six beautiful killer songs that are really, really, really intricate. They're long, six to eight minute songs. 10 days, 
Bowie doesn't remember any of it. Wow. wow. He doesn't... Re- he's quoted as saying, <clears throat> Oh, no, I was doing it in L.A. because I was told later, after I recorded it, I was in L.A. Stop. That's, that's wow. all he remembered about it. Wow. He had... Whoa. That's how fucked up he was recording Station to Station, one of his most famous albums. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, this was a funky soulish album, you know, a little different, a little... I think a lot less poppy than than the previous album. I think he really, but he was not in a good way here. Am I right? Yeah, he was not. Yeah. He was doing that much cocaine. He just did not remember anything. Doesn't that send a mixed message about the, you know, effects of doing a lot of drugs? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like um, he comes out with this killer album in ten days. <laughs> yeah. I'm confused. Yeah. yeah. Do I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I. Shit. Ah, uh, it's so cool though, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, he got it done so well, even, fast. <laughs> even in this time period, he was doing a lot of cocaine. He actually overdosed like a se- several times. He, did, he overdosed, yeah. Wow. I, yeah. That's really? insane. Jeez. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he overdosed several times as yeah. the thin white dude. Again, he is 80 pounds. You can see him wearing his clothes. Yeah, because like, like you said, so he, was, he, was, he was eating peppers and drinking milk. Eating peppers, drinking milk, smoking cigarettes, and blowing lines Jeez. all day. Long, son. He didn't like smoking weed. He knew, he did not like smoking weed. Really? Yeah, yeah. Love it was coke. a downer. Uh-huh. Or, you know, it didn't make yeah, him... Yeah, cool. Cocaine's an upper. Yeah. Cocaine, I think we told the story in the last cast about him miming for an entire concert mm-hmm. for for two hours. You know, I mean, that, you need a lot of cocaine to entertain a crowd for two hours. Yeah. He that mimed was, for 120 minutes. I don't want to use minutes. the same joke. I don't want to mime. I don't want to use the same mime joke. Mimery. I don't want to use the same mimery joke on episode two. Oh, why? Because they, they wouldn't write us letters? Because they... I don't want the network oh, wait, to come hey. down on us, the manager of, you know... Of, of the mime of the history of podcasts. And I don't want to hear from the mimes either. Yeah, dude. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's roll. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we so, keep getting off topic. Following the release of the album, Station to Station, like we just talked about, uh, Bowie left on a three-and-a-half-month music tour of Europe and North America uh, America to promote the album. The Isolar... I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, 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 Is- Isolar 1976 tour, which featured a starkly lit set, was a success for Bowie and his backing band. But while visiting Stockholm, now we're getting into some like juicy, like hot gossip. Oh okay. yeah, this is whack. Right. Yeah, this is whack. This while, is some whack ass shit we about to get into. While visiting Stockholm, Ooh. Bowie found himself at the center of a politically charged controversy after saying Britain could benefit from a fascist leader and was detained by customs on the Russian and Polish border for possessing, possessing Nazi paraphernalia. Yeah. What? Like, yeah. 20 years after the end of World War II. Yeah, again, again, look. I Look, that's not cool. We do not agree with that. That is fucked up. I, if there's one thing I, a good American boy, hate, it's a motherfucking Nazi. Yep. And, um, like... Well, what yeah. was the paraphernalia? I don't um, know. Probably, probably swastikas and all sorts weird of shapes. Book or like probably the book Mein Kampf by oh, him yeah. or some yeah. bullshit. Um, again, not to rush to his defense because he is a wonderful mu- musician. Yeah. Um, he was doing a lot. Yes. Of 
coke. He was doing a lot of drugs here. He was doing which, a lot Which of coke. raises the question, how much coke do you have to do <laughs> to say that your country should be run by Nazis and yeah, I Yeah, I agree. Wow. How much... But it's funny that he said that it would benefit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they would be better off. That's wild. That's yeah, wild. It's oh a very gosh. controversial thing to say. Yeah. It... Uh, it his cocaine usage was really rapid at this point. I mean, his cocaine usage has been literally chronic since, like, I don't know, 70, I don't know, the late 60s. Yeah. It's been over a decade. Well, he's, he started using it, like, uh, uh, you know, like, what, what you, you play golf every now and then. You, know? <laughs> you, you use coke every now and then. But, like, I can't imagine playing golf every day. <laughs> Like it's, it started he's as doing just, it all day, every day. Yeah, and then all that's when he, it became more of an addiction. It's not just like at nighttime where he's like, oh, I need a little upper. <laughs> right, right before bed. I can, I can take a little. I need a little upper to myself in a duke and worship me mummy's knackers and, <laughs> and then blow a line. Mm -hmm. You know, he's literally waking up in the morning, having a coffee, eating a pepper, having a big tall glass of fucking Cow milk. Cocaine-infused milk. Co Cocaine-infused <laughs> milk. And then he has a dinner plate just filled with a oh, comical amount of cocaine. Oi, oi, mate, this is what I'm eating tonight. Oi, and, just, and he <laughs> just smacks his face into it. He's 80 pounds, 15 oh pounds of his fucking body into his fucking mountain of cocaine. Dude, and then he got that. up and said, Nazi should rule. <laughs> I should rule England. Yeah, he got up and was like, you know. No. That angle has some ideas. Oh, and he's, he's, he's into it. You know, he's got something there. Yeah. He's got something. And he just, he probably went on tangents. And, you know, oh, fame surrounded by yes men all day. I, I'm oh, sure yeah. they were oh, just man. like. Well, damn right, Jeez. but I would pass that plate of cocaine Can over here. Can you imagine, though, living that amount of time and just not remembering? Just a blackout that lasts oh my God. days Ten and days. days where and just days. Railing. I don't think he slept, you know, where he was just railing lines all day. Yeah. You that's know, why he looked, ordering. That's why he looked so like he was dead. He looked like yeah. a skeleton. He was a very yeah. thin little man. And I, I mean, he was just in the recording like, studio ordering fucking diced peppers and <laughs> chopped peppers and minced peppers fucking covered in cocaine. Fucking nonsense amounts oh of cocaine. God. Wow. Jeez. That so, was hot goss. Yeah, that was hot goss. It gets even better. It gets even yeah. worse. So it, in May of that same year, like we just talked about, after Bowie was detained for Nazi paraphernalia and speaking against the crown, and, and we, which it, that's probably an even bigger deal than what we're making it out to be. Speaking against the Crown um, about a fascist government for London. He was supposedly caught on camera doing a Nazi salute to a crowd of fans driving in a convertible. Uh, the photograph was published in NME magazine, New, shit, New Musical Bowie. Express. Uh, it was like a journal back in the 70s, and now it's, a, now it's an online journal. Um, where Bowie said the photographer simply just caught him, uh, caught him at, in a mid-wave. Which I, you know, kind of believe, but if he's so fucked up, he's a, he's in a different mindset. He might have been doing that, but you know, again, like paparazzi does that shit to people though all the time. They try yeah. to make them because they sell papers. They make them. That's how you say. That's, that's how, how they sell papers. So, oh, big, um, breaking I, David Bowie's. You know, but I mean, straight up, like, uh, he, 
He was doing an insane amount of cocaine. He had so many overdoses. He overdosed several times. Several. So the the photographer catches a mid-wave. This would later become known as the Victoria Station Incident. And he would later blame his pro-fascist comments and his behavior on just heavy cocaine use. And he would also blame a lot of the... Um, a lot of the comments and everything on the persona of the thin white duke who wholehearted who he wholeheartedly adopted into his social life <laughs> how fucking wild is like, that in this, he was he, he wasn't David Bowie I know he how, was the that's thin the white cra- duke he that's one the of the crazier parts about it that Bowie literally became these characters yes and was just immersed he just immersed himself in the thin white duke and he was like oh well we'd benefit from fucking Hitler being on mad uh, it's like what are you talking about dude you can't even deal with your own manager and you're talking about overthrowing the government it's crazy it's it like was a, a lot of cocaine it who, was cocaine for breakfast lunch <laughs> and dinner who I, played uh, who played the Joker in the Dark Knight Christian Christian Heath Bale Ledger. Heath, oh, Ledger. Heath Ledger Heath Ledger <laughs> okay, Heath Ledger. Christian Bale will come up later. But Heath Ledger, he was I feel like Heath Ledger was the same way. He, he in, in, in The Dark Knight, he adopted the persona of the Joker. And the Joker's like like a certified fucking crazy person. Yeah, the Joker. That he went for months of just being the Joker. That it just made him so crazy that he just overdosed. This is my theory. Of it. Right. But that's I a whole different story. But one, the, it's wild. I 100% agree. The Thin White Duke was the worst thing that had ever happened to Bowie. Except... For the album Station to Station was pretty, pretty flippin' ill. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the London Victoria Station was one of the worst things. Um, another thing, he was super uh, paranoid and um, was really into occult symbols and shit like that, like uh, satanic symbols and studying Aleister Crowley, mm-hmm. um, trying to summon the demon. He was like burning black candles, staying uh, up all night, learning like spells and shit. Yeah, who is Aleister Crowley? Can you give us a quick explanation? So, Aleister Crowley, um, it was, uh, like the first English occultist. He was a ceremonial magician, a poet, a painter, a novelist, a mountaineer. He founded the religion of Thelema, uh, a di- a, he, yeah, go for Sound, it. Man. Sounds a lot like L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, it's yeah. essentially very yeah. similar. He identified himself as, like, a prophet, yep. entrusted with guiding humanity yeah. the... Aeon of Horus in, like, the early 20th century. Mm -hmm. He was a prolific writer and published widely over the course of his life. You know, he hailed, like, Agathoth and, like, was, like, dude, straight up and down, I'm about Satan. Wow! You know, he, like... Playing the the goat leg guitar. Playing goat leg guitars and shit. You know, it was fun. Yeah, you know, you get it. You get it. Yeah. Wow, okay. Metal. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, metal. But that's what uh, that's what my man D. Bowie was into. That's what like the Thin White Duke kind of was into as well. That was a big part of it. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. So because of some very bad experiences with hard drugs, Bowie was becoming totally deranged and would later state that much of these controversies stemmed from his time spent in Los Angeles, which is what we kind of touched yeah. on in the in, in, oh, in earlier in the in the discussion. Yeah, so, discussing his flirtations with fascism, fascism in the 1980 interview with NME, Bowie explained that Los Angeles was, quote, where it all happened. The fucking place should be what? No, that sounds like the dawn of, like, I'm going to edit that. The I'm fucking edit place should be what? Oh, the fucking uh, place. 
The fucking oi, oi! The fucking place should be wiped off the map, oi! We can't do it. It's so no, sad. No, we can't do it. It's the so fucking. Sad. <laughs> so, <laughs> discussing his flirtations with fascism in 1980 interview with NME, Bowie explained that Los Angeles was quote where it all had happened. The fucking place should be wiped off the face of the earth. To be anything to do with rock and roll and go and live in Los Angeles is, I think, just heading for disaster. It's because all that Kogi was doing, he didn't remember yeah. parts of his life. But, like, but there must have been, like, other shit going on in Los Angeles. Because like, yeah. that was when he started getting involved in the, in the occult stuff, mm -hmm. when he was staying in Los he Angeles. He was horrified. He was very scared of wow. Jimmy Page. Because wow. Jimmy Page also liked, liked Aleister Crowley or something. Jeez. He was just scared of him. Anyways, so, yeah. So moving on, yeah. now he's starting to, like we said, he gets tired of the, of the, um, I don't know, the personas and stuff. Now he starts to get into other stuff. Yeah, he's doing so, less cocaine, Less too, cocaine. Right? So after recovering from addiction, Bowie apologizes for these statements and throughout the 1980s and 90s criticized racism in European politics and the, and the American music industry. Uh, nevertheless... Bowie's comments on fascism, as well as some other racist remarks from big musicians at the time, led to the establishment of Rock Against Racism. So I wanted to touch oh. upon this really quick, because this is kind of really cool I read, read up, just to, just to give a little yeah. insight on this. So Rock Against Racism, or RAR, was a campaign <laughs> started in the UK in 1976 <laughs> as a means to fight the growth of white nationalist groups in yeah. Europe. In Europe. So the campaign involved pop, rock, pumpkin, reggae musicians staging concerts with anti-racist themes oh, hell yeah. in order to discourage young people from embracing racism. Nice. The campaign was founded in part as a response to racist statements by well-known rock musicians such as yours truly, David Bowie, David Bowie making David the fascist, Bowie. fascist remarks about the UK. I'm David Bowie from so 1967. So I thought that was really interesting to kind of, uh, because of the stuff that he was saying, and there's also other things, other artists were doing similar shit. Right. Doing a lot of fucked up drugs Fun and like, talking about shit. So. Yeah. so now we're getting to, after the Thin White Duke, we're getting to the 1977 Ber Berlin. So now he's trying to sober up and stop doing a lot of drugs. He, mo he moves to Ber Berlin and actually gets a, uh, an apartment with Iggy Pop do you guys remember Iggy Pop? Yes. Yeah. How he how he created his uh, his his uh, persona Ziggy Stardust from? Yes. He's buddies with Iggy Pop. Right. So he's, he's more. I, I've heard he's more than buddies with Iggy Pop. Oh, I, I don't have I don't have anything. I, I would love like to hear. I feel like we did this before. I, feel I would like love to hear some info on that. dude. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. Rumor is, you know, they were a little bit okay. Little hanky panky in the little. Apartment. Yeah. Little. They use Johnson's tactical lube. Oh, I heard. Oh, yeah. I heard that's great lube. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> say I, I heard that you can use it to fit through car doors if Absolutely. you lock yourself out of your car. I heard the only thing better than Johnson's tactical lube is after you use Johnson's tactical lube and yourself with a big old heap and helping of Tostino Pizza Rolls. Oh, okay. Tostino Pizza Rolls, yeah. please sponsor us. You could also get on board with um, some Pucker Up, too. Yeah, Pucker Up. Speaking of, yeah. I guess you got, I think this is a perfect time to hear from one of our uh, one of our sponsors. You know, I think so, too. All right, guys, yeah. let's listen. This episode of History Of is brought to you by Johnson's Multipurpose, Multicultural, Everything Paste. Use it on everything to solve anything commit a murder you know you're guilty but you don't want to get caught simply pour the paste all over the body and you will be as innocent as the grass is green tired of going through puberty and not having pubic hair 
rub it on your genitalia and all over your penis and you'll go hair all over it. I swear it's gonna be awesome. You'll have the hairiest penis in all of your middle school. Got all those plain bagels and eating them and you're like, man, I wish I could have anything else except a plain bagel. Well, if you use Johnson's Everything Cream, I paste, paste, if you use Johnson's Everything Paste on your bagel, transform it into an everything bagel, and you'll have everything bagels instead of plain bagels, and you can have a nice mix of the two. Some side effects may include upset stomach, anal leakage, and anal blockage. Blindness, ass-to-mouth syndrome, Full body gangrene. Hair loss. Hair growth. Penis loss. Blood in stool. Chronic vomiting. And extreme animal hatred. Butt juice. Vagina dentata. 24 hour fart. Excessive foreskin. No foreskin. Excessive shouting. Nipple extraction, nipple leakage, nipple enlargement of the areola. Eternal damnation. Cease of existence. Awareness of insignificance in the universe. Johnson's multi-purpose, multicultural, everything paste is gluten-free and now in kosher. Get yours today! Well, uh, thank was, you, uh, Johnson's Mysterious Pace. Yeah, that was, uh, that was not what I expected. <laughs> Wasn't when, what I expected either. No, not, I... I thought it was a cream? I thought it was, a, I thought it was, uh... For your skin? Yeah, I thought it was some sort of toothpaste or a statement. Yeah. Um, anyways, anyways, I'm sure Bowie would have appreciated it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, back, back to the exit of the Thin White Duke chapter of Bowie's life. A dark time. A dark time. Closing the book on the Thin White Duke. He's doing less cocaine. So now he's recovering from addiction. I think we left off that he moves in with Iggy Pop in, Ber in Berlin. Yes, and they did have, at one point, some sort of... I would say sexual. Let's uh, let's hear about that. Yeah. Do you got any info on that? I don't have any info besides. Oh, that. it's just uh, Iggy Pop denies it, and um, that you know, there's word that the what like I don't know Bowie who came out as like when he was younger at one point where he was like, oh hey, I'm gay. It doesn't matter if you're gay. Like on Hunky Dory, and then eventually he's like, oh oh like after. Ziggy Stardust and all that fame, and after the Thin White Duke, you know, almost a decade later, he goes, oh man, like, I'm done being uh, the Thin White Duke, like, I'm, uh, I lost my train of thought. Let's, let's move on yeah. to, like, he, he's basically saying, like, I'm done being the Thin White Duke, he's yeah. getting tired of his personas again, yeah. as we're seeing, but, I mean, this, this, this is like a health risk at this point. Yeah, he, like, he, he is literally dying. He's, he's, he's a mess of a person, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so he sobers up. Kind of. Makes an attempt to sober up. He's doing less coke. With Iggy Pop. And then here he's going to set on a, a set work on a new style of uh, minimalist music. Min minimalist music based on uh, the German music scene at the word, time. Word, word. Um, and released three albums called the Berlin Trilogy. 
Okay, I am I am super not into the Berlin trilogy as far as Bowie fans go. Um, I'm not I'm not as about it realistically. His time with Iggy Pop, I know he got real into art mm-hmm. and like yep, collecting right. art and shit. I yep. know that was a big part of him. And again, he was totally made out with Iggy Pop at one point. I don't know. They had some weird relationship going on where I'm sure they were very tight homies. But at one point or another, one of them Bowie was in the room with him. and He was smoking a cigarette, blowing a line off his penis, and going, "Hey, <laughs> it's weird. Your dick's odd." And I'm doing coke off it. What the fuck? Oh! And he like slips and he's like, oh, oh, oh. I swear I was talking. I got you, you know, I think that's the one, you know. This, I think. This isn't a microphone. Oh, it's so weird. I oh. think that's something that happened realistically. I don't know. It happened like that casually. They probably didn't give probably. a fuck. Probably. Moving, anyways, yeah. moving on, moving on. So this is, he's, uh, he just recorded a new, uh, new set of albums, Berlin Trilogy, over, the past, over a few couple years. By 1978, Bowie had broken his drug addiction and was ready to go on tour. Oh, and it's shit, been, yeah. And it's been five years since he last went on tour. Hell yeah, baby. So it's now been the too long. Isolar 2 World Tour, which he would perform a total of 70 concerts spanning across 12 different countries. So, what? This is 78 now we're talking? Yeah, this is his Berlin trilogy, which okay. actually came out. Um, he did have a couple po- uh, like hit songs from the Berlin trilogy, but. Now he's out of his drug stage, mm-hmm. and he's into kind of like a new style of music, a new new. Persona. As always with Bowie characters. Yeah, like a new person. So now, like you know, people are kind of looking at it like, eh, it's not really my thing. Yeah, it's you absolutely. Know? He's not transcending these generations anymore like he used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he continues to move on. Now, after doing this trilogy, it's now the nineteen eighties. In the nineteen eighties, Bowie would start to dip his finger in the new romantic movement currently gaining steam in London's underground. New Romantic Movement was characterized as a flamboyant and eccentric fashion style and would bring in a new type of rock music where synthesizers would be used during the production. So now they're seeing a lot of like electronic stuff go down. Um, a lot of, a lot of like uh, synthetic, basically it's, it's synth pop or synthetic pop. Music. Yeah, this is, this is, um, this is, I really like, this is Ashes to Ashes, right? Yeah, yeah, This is. is, um, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps, that album. Yeah, so, that's right. So, Ashes to Ashes I really enjoy because I don't know if you guys know Ashes to Ashes is the second, mm-hmm. uh, uh, story of Major Tom. Okay. This is like, Ground Control mm-hmm. to Major Tom, this is where he talks about Major Tom being a junkie. You told me that he comes back. Yes, Major this Tom is the, this back. is the song where Major Tom comes back, this big hit, Ashes to Ashes, uh, he mentions, we all know Major Tom is a junkie. He's talking about himself. Major Tom's so high on exploring the cosmos, mm-hmm. which is, you know, again, in reference to Bowie's self. He, he's, it's a reference to him trying to get better wow, that's in, really his, cool. in his drug addiction. Yeah. So Bowie would dabble on the idea of the new romantic era, of this new, new style of music. And fashion actually did a huge number on the fashion industry, the, yeah. the flamboyant kind of dress. Um, this idea he would run with and he would read some albums uh, based on this new style of music yeah. which is wild because from the from 1980 to 1988 he comes out with like some huge hits yo I mean like dude Clint one you gotta start off with the like the 81 hit right straight up like yeah I actually yeah. have a whole this is you and I d- just did this 1981 recently. uh Queen yeah yeah so in 1981 Bowie paired with Queen for a one off single release Under Pressure the duet was a hit, 
becoming Bowie's third UK number one single. Under Pressure is a legendary jam, legendary right? Song. That's like one of the best songs. Song. So good. That's like a jam. That's Such a good song. Dude, it's, still, it's still huge today. It's, we just sang in a karaoke. We did. Oh, we, we did a duet. It was great. your birthday, Adrian. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, it was so dope. Good. So, in my mind, I came up with a rendition about how it was made. Hit me. So I want to know how the pressure was made. Yeah, dog. So David Bowie and Freddie Mercury sit down. <laughs> the story goes that David <laughs> Bowie and Freddie Mercury met to pound out a hot and spicy duet in which the listener can feel the euphoria of intense thrusts of rhythm relative to that of a well-lubricated piston. A <laughs> piston paired with tantalizing lyrics that penetrate the inner eardrum to the point of pure ecstasy. What the fuck? Their intent was to keep you coming and coming to their shows, <laughs> to their shows, and for you to orally belt out your pleasure of their performance for weeks to come. Oh my wow. god! Holy shit! Beautiful. Thus, <laughs> under pressure was made. Damn, that's some heavy pressure, dog. Oh, Damn. <laughs> That is my rendition of how that song came. Clint! Clint! Good God, that's po killer. Poetic. That's beautiful, sir. I love it. Sexually charged. Poetic, It, it was 100% like, sexually charged. Do you think Bowie factual. and Mercury kissed? <laughs> Kiss, kiss butts, kiss. I think, I think they kissed butts. I, I, mean, they, I think they suffered a little bit from ass-to-mouth syndrome. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> they probably acquired some pace. Some, yeah. some, some tactical pace. Probably got some tactical lube and then applying some pace. Ooh, can you imagine the combination of the two? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, oh my god. The side effects must be have you, ever, have you ever seen the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper? <laughs> But the side effects are literally limitless. I've seen it now. So, <laughs> so what are his other? So what else? What else does Bowie Bowie do after this? David Bowie after this? So during this uh, time period, this was super important because now yeah, uh, this, this is, is this is the eighties. This is like big, like the sixties and seventies was one thing. Yeah. Now this is it's coming out with like synth music. Yeah. MTV is coming out now. Yeah. Television is becoming a thing. Bowie is hot. So Bowie would further and further solidify his iconic career as a worldwide pop star, coming out with hit after hit. So some examples are Ashes to Ashes in 1980, yeah. and then Under Pressure in 1981, Le Let's Dance album Let's in 1983 dance. went yeah. platinum, the song Let's Dance hit number one in the UK, and China Girl and Modern Love both made the, the top 20 list. Which is bizarre, because you listen to some of his old songs, it's like, how did Lesson Dance be that? Yeah, like, how is that? Wow. Yeah, anyways. So Bowie was uh, was also a rising star on MTV yeah. due to his music video of China Girl and was nominated and won several awards uh, from the MTV Music Music Awards for his work. Oh, hell um, yeah, he baby. Would, he would also perform an event, Live Aid, in 1985, where he played a duet with Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones. He played with Mick on and off the stage. Yeah, I know he played with Mick on and off the stage, homie. You talking about that? Yo, dude, him and Mick... Uh, really had a strange relationship. There are even rumors, I believe, to him um, banging Mick Jagger and Mick Jagger's wife. Jeez. As well as Mick Jagger banging Bowie and Bowie's wife. It's like a weird, crazy, 
nonsense of fucking Yeah. Who did you tell me oh, Bowie, he was right. having sex with? He knows what I'm talking about before so, I even ask the yeah. question. So, <laughs> I mean, I have a list of um, women who David Bowie has uh, dated slash totally slippity-slappited all over Ooh, his... Some, some um, hanky-panky? Of hunky-dory? But who was the... Wasn't... Mick Jagger, isn't there a rumor that the Mick Jagger fuck was the okay. reason why he was okay. late? Okay, let me go through his, his, <laughs> let me go through, let me go through, all right, what I told you is he, he slept with somebody famous mother. He slept with the famous person's mother. Adrian, I'm going to give you two guesses. Clint, I'm going to give you two guesses. A famous right. person's mother, do I get clues? Yeah, all right, so I'm going to, um, yeah, he slept with Melissa Hurley, I'm on Tina Turner, Bianca Jagger, Susan Sarandon, Elizabeth Taylor, Candy Clark, Ava Cherry. Wow. You made this list? That's great. Now, Romy Hang, Sable Star, BB Blue, Amanda Lear. I mean, he slept with so many people. He's been with so many men and women. Um, I want he slept with a famous person's mother. I want you guys to take guesses. Who what what rock star's mother did he sleep with? For some reason, Green Day came to mind immediately. <laughs> All right, hit me. Billy Joe? You're saying Billy Joe? Somebody's Green Day... The Green Day... Green, you're saying somebody in Green Day's mom? I don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> Billy Joe's mom? Mick Jagger's mom. <laughs> you get one more guess? Uh, I don't know. Corn? Corn's mom? <laughs> They're not till 90s, bro. They're not till 90s. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Jeter? Derek Jeter? It's hard mom? to be a... <laughs> Adrian, That's I'm giving hard. you one guess. It's hard to be on the he spot. He slept with Cherry Vanelli. Rumors are Iggy Pop. Mick Jagger. Lou Reed. Marianne Faithful. Mick Ronson. His uh, guitarist. One of the most famous people. He really propelled Bowie to uh, fame. But what about the mom? Well, you could say he welcomed that mom right into the jungle. Ladies and gentlemen, because the lead guitarist of Ash Slash, yes, Slash, Wonder Slash's mother was boned by Sir David Bowie's you penis. You told I'm just me joking. this before. I was yeah. probably drunk. I can't call him That's Sir David awesome. Bowie because he's not I don't technically think he's knighted. knighted. Right? Yeah, yeah, he denied a knighting actually, but really? um, he denied the knighting. Yeah, he he tried to. But it down. was offered. He was offered it, but that shows his like allegiance in his politics, or he was just really high on cocaine. Yeah, okay. yeah. but realistically, yeah. yeah. The rumor is he banged Slash's mother. Damn. The yeah, night of his into, wedding. No, the night of his wedding, he was late. His wife was late for the wedding because she was having a threesome with David Bowie and somebody else, and uh, he left early. Oh, she was in on it too. Yep. Well, wow. yeah, baby. Right. That's, that's fair. So, um, that's fair so as fuck. Bowie's big on MTV. I know how crazy is that, right? Yeah, that that's blows your mind, right? Yeah. So, yeah. he's big. Uh, he's got a lot of. He got, he's got his dance style, all that. He's been working with Tina Turner, who he banged. Iggy Pop again, mm-hmm. who he's banged. Um, Boy, you know, that that time period must have been wild. Yo, he. Everybody's was... having sex with everyone. Yeah, realistically, everybody's having sex with literally everyone. It's insane, and he Jeez. is loving it. I love it, man. It's dope. It's yeah, cool. Good for him. So later, music 1990s rolls around. I guess he's starting to calm down. I don't know. Yeah, this is when he. 1990s Bowie didn't do anything for people, right? Yeah, well, he um, he played a couple different styles of music. He was kind of d- dabbing in the electronic rock 
and politically charged rock. Hell yeah. Uh, he fronted for the band Tin Machine. Yeah, and... But it never made it super far. People people and, saw that David Bowie was on it, but they didn't like like the idea that it was so politically motivated and redundant in a sound to like gain so much popularity. So it didn't really go very far. Also, um, nobody wants to see David Bowie, the man who was all these other characters meld into a band and just be another front man. Nobody yeah. wants to see... They want to see David Bowie. They don't come to see The Tin Machine. The, the Tin... I'm not denying that their first album wasn't a good album mm-hmm. or anything, but I'm just saying, you know... Dude, they came for the performance of David Bowie himself. They want David Bowie. You're they exactly Bowie. right. Yes, yeah. they wanted Bowie. They came for Bowie and they wanted Bowie, not Tin Machine. They yeah. wanted Bowie Bowie songs. So that that didn't never made made it very far. He, he messed around with a lot of elect- electronic style music. And uh, fun fact... Bowie received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, uh, February twelfth, nineteen ninety-seven. Really? Yeah. So he was—he's on. I actually he's didn't on the know Walk that, fame. man. Pretty cool, right? Holy crap! That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. He also did uh, during the same time. He also did a couple soundtracks for movies, including a song for Rugrats: Lost in Paris. <gasps> I loved that movie. Rugrats in Paris, but it did not survive the final cut in nineteen ninety-eight. Uh, Get probably, out of here! It was probably too. Uh, it was probably too heavy. Probably. Too Bowie was about Bowie was always a writer above anything else. He didn't like singing. He didn't. He was a writer. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he liked writing songs. He probably wrote the most he eloquent in, song about being lost in Paris. He likes it. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They were like, yeah, it's a it's a monkey oh and Chucky Finster. That's a little too much for about Chucky Finster's life. <laughs> so let's talk about real quick. In 1998, in September, Bowie launched an internet service provider called BowieNet, <laughs> which developed in con- in conjunction with uh, Robert Goodale and Ron Roy. I guess these are just people that developed it with them. Uh, subscribers to the dial-up service were offered exclusive content as well as a BowieNet email address. Oh, Internet sick. access. And then the service closed in 2006. <gasps> really? So it was actually on for a like a run. long time. Good That was really cool. Eight years? I guess enough people were not using BowieNet. BowieNet. Bowie, Bowie Bowie Bowie. Bowie was an innovator. Uh, I, this is eventually when he became business David Bowie. Oh, I'm business oriented David Bowie. Correct? Business Bowie. Business Bowie. Yeah, this is when he was a little like, you know, like he had really started to get a hold of things. He's getting a little older. He's getting up in age, and he's really had a, had a feel in his career. And he, you know, he's had so many fights with the managers, and he's tired of shit. You know, I don't know. A- anyway, anyways, let's move on to to the big screen. Let's get on. So to it. he's not only throughout throughout his entire career. Yeah. He was not only a mu- musician or pop star, but he was also acting, and you saw yeah. that even when he was growing up. Yes. So he does have a lot of credits. Um, we're mm-hmm. not going to get into a ton of stuff, but his acting career. Not only was David Bowie a great singer and musical genius, he was at his core a performer and actor. Yes, he loved it. And uh, in his later years, I believe, I mean, he was mostly just com- cameos, really. In yeah. The last, in the last, in these last few years, but he loved. He loved big. He had big roles. Actually, one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Which I actually watched with you guys mm. many, many, many years ago. He played a character called Jareth. Yes. The King of Goblins in the Jim Henson film Labyrinth. 
which is a wickety wickety whack movie. It's a weird ass movie. Yo, it's weird ass movie. We watch. Yeah, I remember watching this actually in Adrian's uh, basement mm-hmm. with you, Clint. Weird as shit, right? That's very funny. Yeah, really yeah. weird. It's a goofy movie. It's a Jim Henson movie, and, and it's a. Uh, I don't know. Think it's, of think of Ziggy Stardust in a skin tight tan leotard. Yeah, this is after his like electric period and his weird yeah, shit with uh, major junk. Um, showing. I <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's 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 killer. I love uh, another uh, another crazy thing was that this is one of my favorite movies, yeah. The Prestige, uh, directed by Christopher Prestige. Nolan. The Prestige. It's about two magicians that are competing. With uh, oh, it's huge jacked man. Yeah, and Heath Ledger. I love you. No, Jack sorry, man. huge jacked man and I said Christian Bale. Christian Bale, and they're competing Batman. magicians. Yeah, and I had no idea Batman. that the part of Nikolai Tesla, uh, Tesla, was actually played by David Bowie. Get out of here! And you could tell because he's, he's kind of a super weird guy with a weird accent. I mean, we yeah, we've already mentioned um, his uh, his his cameos in like. Um, What's him called? Zoolander. Zoolander. When, uh, I mean, that was a really exciting... I remember seeing that for the first time and uh, being like, oh shit, this motherfucking... I didn't realistically understand who David Bowie was at the time. I mean, he did... Alright, so let's go through some of his films. I'm gonna go when did Zoolander come out? Like 2003? Uh, sh- Long time ago, I know that. Just out of curiosity. Oh, one. Wow, even yeah. her? I thought, oh, 2001, man. yeah. My second so, guess was 2001. Um, he, just a gigolo in 78... Uh, Yellowbeard, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, just to go through Labyrinth in 86, The Last Temptation of Christ. He did some weird... Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, get out of here. Oh my God, that's so exciting. I love Twin Peaks. Um, Zoolander, uh, Arthur and the Invisibles, The Prestige, and Band Slam. I don't know, he did a lot of mm, random stuff. Weird, man. yeah. But um, this leads up to one of his uh, later albums, which mm-hmm. is uh, realistically, what is it, Black Star? His last album. So he was, it was wild. Like, he passed away in 2016, and he was working on multiple things. Yeah. Cr- multiple multiple creative things. The next day, I know he was things. working on that album. Yeah, um, up until his death. So after a lifetime of creativity and performing and mus- musicianship, he released his final album called Black Star, and I've listened to Black Star quite a bit. I've listened to Black Star as well. It's a and very depressing album. It's it, it, it's wild. Just the the amount of emotion trapped in that album yeah. is just absurd. He's like, sending a message can, to the whole album. Yeah. He is sending a message the entire time because he knew for running. eighteen months yeah. that he had liver cancer and he it's, was going to die. It's literally I'm going to die. But he didn't tell anybody. Yeah. So it's, he kept this inside of him. And relquish this and this this super emotional album as like a sayonara to the world. Which it's the is same. Awful. It's the same thing as uh, um, Leonard Cohen, who was the original writer of the song Hallelujah. Where up right before he passed away, he released this album, this super emotional dark album, Some Like It Darker, basically saying sayonara to the world. And then a couple days later, he died. Awful. So David Bowie essentially did the same exact thing. It's just the the amount of creativity in just his in his work and the path that he followed and the the, the substance that he believed in. It was just he came out with Black Star, and he just wanted to make it super artistic, super yeah. emotional. He like, made it. He made it old Bowie. He made it old just Bowie. like the original Bowie. Yeah, he, he went through he a character. Deep. Um, in my opinion, that character was the blind prophet. If you look at this, he's he's seen on his deathbed. He looks awful. He looks. Like he is dying, and he's got a, a cloth over his face, and he's got there's buttons over his eyes. 
remember and, this. I mean, it's interpreted as, like, people have looked at him as, like, a, a, an alien. The alien. The blind prophet. The person. Ziggy. You know? And, and he... And there was possibly a point where he thought he was above human. Yeah, I think at one point he was doing enough cocaine where he thought at that point, but it was saying... It was to relinquish, like, he doesn't... It was to say... I don't know what's next. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going on. I you've looked at me like this, but I have, I'm blind. Uh, I can't yeah. see. Wow. Just like that. Just the amount of like creativity and symbolism, not only in his music, which is very uh, evident, but as soon as music television came relevant, yeah, he's fucking breaking barriers left and right. And it's it, and what well, I think I might have mentioned this um, in the part one, but. The fact that in the music music video of Black Star that he comes across yeah. uh, the the main character of Ma- the music Major video. Tom yeah he comes across Major it's Tom it's the final story of Major Tom and he's dead he's in the dead spacesuit right yeah so I Major wonder Tom, if yeah he's he's a skeleton in the spacesuit I wonder if that was his way of saying goodbye. that he beat addiction I think it w- that Major yeah, oh, Tom was oh, dead that's really and good that he beat his addiction Major Tom I th- it looks as though Major Tom had been dead for a long time and that uh, yeah. he's ending he's ending a story he's ending wow. the trilogy oh my it's, god it's crazy he he did this kind of shit like thirty years ago and people like us are still fucking creaming over it people yeah <laughs> we're still talking about it and the it, symbolism that might have like it, it's, it's it's wild he left yeah. this legacy behind him that it's just we're trying to catch up yeah. to it. It's a sin. Um, so on uh, January 10th, 2016, uh, he died. Yeah. And two days earlier, on January 8th, 2016, he released his final album, Black Star. And prior to releasing this album, he was also working on um, an off-Broadway musical called Lazarus. So he was oh, working really? on like a mm-hmm. David Bowie-style musical. Wow. Holy shit. Right up until he was busy as fuck. And he was so cool towards the end, still too. Doing Everybody stuff. that spoke to him said he was such a nice guy. It's a sin. It breaks my heart. And I have a quote from one of his producers, Tony Viscotti, who wrote, He always did what he wanted to do. And he wanted to do it his way. And he wanted to do it the best way. His death was no different from his life, a work of art. He made Black Star for us. His parting gift. I knew for a year this was the way it would be. I wasn't, however, per- prepared for it. He was an, an extraordinary man, full of love and life. He will always be with us. For now, it is appropriate to cry. Wow, holy shit. Aww. So the news of his death shook the world and caused widespread memorials as fans gathered in the streets to pay tribute to his music. So after his death, sales of his albums and singles soared. Bowie had insisted he did not want a funeral, and according to his death certificate, he was cremated in New Jersey on January 12th, as he wished, and his ashes were scattered in Bali, Indonesia. Wow. So I remember um, on all over social media and just all over the internet after David Bowie passed away, like the amount, I mean, I'm not going to say it was like riots, but it was like riots of Mm -hmm. just people in the fucking streets all over the world yeah. playing his music, like people playing guitar, singing uh, Life on Mars, like singing Rebel Rebel, like, oh my God. He was just the, the amount, The amount of impact this man had just on people's lives was, was just tremendous. enormous and yeah. far-reaching. He was and the greatest. echoing through time. Rest in palaces, King. He, David Bowie was the greatest, if I may say, in a campaign, I would have Peter Freuken and David Bowie my warrior and my bard. 
Yeah. David Bowie is on the is the bard to save the world. David Bowie's on the team to save the world. When he's not <laughs> on cocaine. About his Even when he was on cocaine, he wrote some great jams that I'm sure would have motivated everybody. Absolutely. Not saying I'm aligning myself or anything, but like, you know, straight up. Rest in peace, David Bowie. He rest was, rest was, in palaces. He was a beautiful soul. I'm so sad. Beautiful. Yeah. What a, I mean, watching some of the interviews that he had, he was just such a nice guy. He was a he good... He just seemed, like, so chill. He was a good person. And, you know, it's it's crazy to hear him say, like, oh, I didn't like to sing. I didn't like to do that. It's just nobody else would sing my songs. Mm-hmm. It's nice to hear him say things like, I was just trying to write... I was just trying to be David Bowie. He was just trying to... He was just trying to make music. Yeah. His passion. And act and be a performer. This has been a fantastic episode, I think. Yeah, I hope, uh, I hope listeners, if, if y'all are out there. They are. (laughs) I hope you guys liked it. Yeah. Um, any, any comments? You got something to plug? Yeah, I got anything to plug. Um, team to save the universe. If I were to build the ultimate fantasy team of people to save the universe, um, I'm I'm going to start it. It's a little competition. If people want to uh, email me in, you know, ideas. Um, you know, nobody's going to really hear this. I'm probably not going to get that many emails. But um, definitely build a team. You need a warrior, a wizard, um, a leader. Of course, you need a uh, a bard, uh, a thief. You need a team of warriors, and definitely I'm p- picking for my team. Peter Froyken and David Bowie. I want David Bowie as my bard. Mm-hmm. And Peter, hang on, I gotta write this down. And Peter Froyken as my, uh, as my warrior. But besides that, guys, I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing to plug. I got Hot Goss. Check me and Adrian out on Hot Goss. Clint, Clint Clamson, my friend. You did such great research on this. Dude, you got anything Thanks. to plug, my friend? Uh, I don't got anything to plug. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, next week, we're going to be, or next cast, we're going to be going over uh, some just some wacky stuff. Yo, man. next week's going to be something very different. I'm very excited. Yeah, we're going to gonna work on something real cool. Uh, thank you, Adrian, for stopping by. Adrian, uh, first, first two-parter. Thanks for being on. Thanks for being on. It was really cool. I learned a lot. and You, well, you got drunk the whole time. Did you have fun? <laughs> I did have a lot of fucking fun. I want to. So I want to um, know more. You know what I mean? Like you guys have inspired me to further look into someone that I've known my whole life, but never really have a knew lot a more lot about, of, right? Like, yeah. Love for yeah. yeah maybe that was can... really cool. Thanks, hey, guys. Of course, that's what we're here for, lady. Got anything to plug? Catch us, uh, catch us next time. Catch us next week. Yeah, we're gonna discuss more. Uh, what do we call it? What do we call it? Yeah, some bullshit, bullshit. man. Hell yeah! <laughs> All right, thanks for joining.